Hello, hello. Well, another day of life, another opportunity to live life, another opportunity to live life with God. I'm super excited to be back with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's start our time together with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for sunshine uh, and warmer weather. Um, we thank you for lifting our spirits with all the good gifts that you give to us. We ask now for another good gift uh, for revelation of your word and even more so revelation of yourself that we might not just know about you, but know you, know you better, know you more deeply because of this time that we spend in the scriptures. We ask your blessing on our reading. Give us the clarity to understand what it is that you're saying to us. And we ask in Jesus name. Amen. Today, we're going to read Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and then jump down and read verse 40 through 45. Verse 15, the time has come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And now for verse 40, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. As you surely noticed, we're back to the New Testament today, and we will continue to be for the rest of our journey through Lent. For the next three days, we're going to look at three miracles that Jesus performed during his earthly ministry. We're able to observe through the scriptures that God is always present and he's always working. The earth wouldn't revolve around the sun. Uh, rain wouldn't fall to the ground. Our lungs wouldn't draw in air if he weren't. Even more than that, though, it's clear that God has moved the narrative of human history along a certain arc, more specifically, uh, an arc that revolves around Jesus and is moving toward his return to earth and his remaking of the world. There have been times, though, during that narrative, uh, during that arc, when his work has been punctuated by miracles. Miracles are by no mean the norm of God's work, and we see that uh, the majority of the Bible is actually absent of them. There are long stretches when God appears uh, to be absent or at least silent, and the central characters of his story endure long periods of difficulty and dryness as part of their call. I find this encouraging because the majority of my life has been absent from the miracles of uh, physical healing. And so it would seem that my life fits in with the Bible, at least insofar as I understand it. 
At the same time, I take notice of miracles because if God is punctuating his work, he must really want me to see and to understand what he's up to. In our last set of readings through the first 12 chapters of Exodus, we saw an incredible series of miracles, didn't we? To be be clear, I define miracles as events that can only be explained by the presence of God. In the case of the Exodus, God's miracles were miracles of judgment and warning. In the case of Jesus' miracles that we'll study over the next three days, I think that God was revealing his mercy. Jesus' outward actions made known the heart of heaven, as if to exclaim how deeply God loved people and how badly he wanted to restore them to the greatness for which he created them. I also think that both types of miracles, types just being a word that I'm using, uh, both types of miracles were passionate calls to repent and believe. In the Exodus account, the plagues on Egypt were a revelation of both God's power and his patience in the hope that Pharaoh would give in to him and release God's people from captivity. As we read in verse 15 of Mark 1 today, repent and believe were Jesus' first words of his ministry. It's as if he was saying, listen, I've brought heaven, my kingdom close to you. That is the greatest news you will ever hear. And it's time for you to repent. In other words, to stop resisting me and instead to believe in me. In the account we read today, we see a leprous man approaching Jesus and begging him for relief. Even with limited research, we can know that the term leprosy as used in the Bible would have applied to a number of severe skin diseases to which only a small minority of people would have been susceptible. These conditions would likely have included the presence of sores or boils and skin discoloration ranging from bright red to brown or even black. Lepers often experienced the loss of sensation on their skin because nerve endings were damaged, which would have meant in turn that they were susceptible to burning or cutting their skin without ever knowing it. Perhaps even worse than the physical presence of the disease was the relational disconnection from the people in their community. There were serious concerns about contracting leprosy from the infected. And in addition to that, at least in the Jewish tradition, a leprous person would be seen as spiritually unclean. They wouldn't have been able to participate in Jewish religious life which not only reflected one's relationship with God, but was also at the center of their daily social life. In some cases, they were forced to wear a bell or call out unclean as they moved around so that other people could get out of their way. To put it plainly, a leper would have been sick, alone, and hopeless in the world, completely at the mercy of good luck and the charity of others for survival. I wonder, can we even begin to imagine what this was like? I know for someone like me that's been blessed with present supportive family and friends and decent health that I can't, it's impossible really for me to go there to really grasp it. Even in his isolation, 
this man had somehow heard about Jesus. We aren't told what he heard, but surely it was the message of heaven coming near, backed up with rumors of healings and exorcisms that came from this man referred to as Jesus of Nazareth. You can get this because you can read about these things in Mark chapter 1 leading up to this passage that we read at the end of the chapter. This leper was desperate. He had nothing to lose and everything to gain by reaching out to Jesus. And apparently he felt like it was time to take his shot. I imagine him running up to Jesus, probably more so hobbling on his weakened frame with an appearance that resembled something out of a horror movie. I imagine screams from the crowd when they noticed him coming, parting a path for him as if he had some sort of invisible field around him. I wonder what Jesus' disciples thought in that moment. I have to believe that Jesus didn't flinch as he turned to face a leper, but they had to be thinking, Lord, let's get out of here. This guy is disgusting and he's crazy. Don't you know that you could get sick, Jesus? This desperate man falls to his knees and says with exhaustion, Jesus, I want to believe it's true. If you are willing, I know you can make me clean. Make me clean. Did you catch that? He he didn't simply ask to be healed of the disease. He wanted his life back. He wanted his family back. He wanted God back. He didn't want to be alone any longer. Jesus' response is incredible when we've taken the time to understand the context, isn't it? In the NIV translation that we read from today, the text says that Jesus was indignant. Now, I don't know about you, but that word isn't super helpful for me. It's not a word that I use and one that I only vaguely know the definition of. And so it's these kinds of moments where I'm thankful for the dictionary. Merriam-Webster defines indignant as feeling or showing anger because of something unjust or unworthy. Jesus was angry, not at the man, of course, but at his condition. He he was there in the beginning, after all, when God had declared it's not good for people to be alone. And here was a man who had been dealt a bad hand and had lost everything because of it. Jesus was utterly compassionate. I, I see his eyes welling with tears as he looked at this man. I am willing, he responded. Be clean. Your body is restored and so is your relationship to God. Go to the temple and enjoy it. I wonder what the leper's healing looked like. Was it a a flash? Like he looked down at his skin and he was perfectly restored? Or was it like a time-lapse video, the, the sores on his skin closing right before his eyes and the feeling returning to his fingers, first with a, a vague numbness, then a tingle, then all-out sensation? The scripture doesn't tell us, but one thing we know, this was the best day of this man's life. He had done a complete 180. He was new. Jesus tells him to keep quiet about it, but of course, you don't keep quiet about the best day of your life. When you do a 180 and experience a complete resurgence in life, 
You tell everybody about it, whether they're listening to you or not. There's something very important for me in this text, and maybe it is for you too. It's that Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth, and that was good news. I think sometimes we get that wrong. I think if we're honest, uh, Jesus seems not all that fun and frankly, a little too uptight. We can be nervous that Jesus is going to bust us or maybe call us out in front of our friends. But we don't see that here at all. We don't see a man who's too rigid or judgmental or disinterested. We don't even hear of any talk about sin. We simply see a man angry about the pain the leper was going through and a man who was willing to use his power to set him free. Jesus was willing. Jesus was willing to, to get messy. Jesus was willing to get sick even, to, to be seen as unclean, even according to church people, in order to bring good news to those who were sick. What is there in this passage for you today? What does it mean to you that Jesus is willing to associate with anyone? That he brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. He brought it God close. And according to him, that was really good news. What does it mean to you to know that God in skin was willing to come up close and is willing to come up close and to rescue and to restore people in their physical bodies and their spiritual bodies, to set them free from the problem of sin. I encourage you to take some time to consider your answer to that question today. Let's pray. God, we again thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for blessing us and gracing us with your word. Um, and God, I just pray for my friends. Um, that you would reveal to them what it is that you have specifically for them uh, from this passage. And I pray that you would show each one of us how to respond to you today. We pray all this standing in the identity of Jesus. Amen.